Should I invest in cryptocurrency? That and more with this week's guest, comedian and upcoming author, Madison Malloy. Giddy up. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's, and by Heaven Hill Brands. So Madison Malloy is this comedian with this uh, wealth of knowledge uh, in the investment space. Uh, she is a producer in the TV world as well as uh, an upcoming author. Very excited to uh, for you to learn more about that book. But she counsels me on, on cryptocurrency. Now, as an investor, I'm a very conservative investor, actually. I don't, I don't just kind of dull my money out there. Um, I, I'm, I'm very conservative. And I, I, I got probably my best education on crypto I've ever gotten. Now, I want to hear what you think about this. You can write me on fredminnick.com on your thoughts about cryptocurrency. Uh, I'd love the education. Please, please, please don't be like the spammers who hit me all the time and tell me to invest. I, like, I want real words and knowledge from you. Should I invest in cryptocurrency? I'm going to give it a shot. Let's take a, I'll take a, a pulse from everybody and, uh, and make a decision. But enjoy this week's episode with Madison Malloy. But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single-barrel and small-batch whiskey. Hard-made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. A stamp of authenticity, a commitment to quality, and a guarantee of transparency. On March 3, 1897, the Bottled and Bond Act was signed into law and an important part of whiskey-making history was born. Now, 125 years later, it's a tradition that Heaven Hill Distillery is proud to preserve. From simple pleasures like Evan Williams' Bottled and Bond and Mellow Corn to more rare finds like Old Fitzgerald Bottled and Bond, and Henry McKenna Single Barrel. Learn why Heaven Hill Distillery is the number one producer of Bottled and Bonds. Explore the history and requirements at bottledandbond.heavenhilldistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. 
Mixtures for Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Mictors Whiskey, go to Mictors.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Mictors Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. All this month, stream the funniest films for free on Pluto TV. Watch comedy classics like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and Mean Girls. Or drop in for a Tyler Perry marathon with a Medea family funeral and Medea's witness protection. Pluto TV also has hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows like Get Shorty, Be Cool, Key and Peel, Comedy and Color, and more. And no contracts, no subscriptions, no fees, no joke. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start laughing today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free. This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Divine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, and get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life. Martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guest experience into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of light for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Devine Show. hoo And joining the uh, Fred Minnick Show, Madison Malloy. How are you doing, Madison? You doing all right? I'm doing. I'm so excited to do this. Uh, I, you know, I I'm not. Uh, I haven't drank a lot of rum and whiskey in my life, so mm. this will be very exciting. I wish it wasn't eight in the morning, but we're good. Hey, you know, you got to start at some point, right? I mean, the the journey for tasting uh, begin. If it begins at early in the morning, then your palate's fresh and ready. So uh, this is good time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited to meet you. I've heard so many great things about you, and I love the show and. I appreciate it. You got a podcast yourself. I do. Next to Madison. I've got to have you on there. Yeah, that's uh, the podcasting world. People don't realize how much work goes into it. Like this is this is like one of the most uh, heavy lifting genres of media. If you're doing it by yourself, you know, it's it's a lot of work. It is. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, yeah, it's a lot more than people think. But you know, it's worth it because of all the people that you can meet. Yeah, and you know, amazing. you get to, you also get to show your personality a little bit more. You know, you can yeah. like, you know, you're a comedian, so that stuff comes natural for you. But as yeah, a, that's right. <laughs> as, as a writer, you know, I'm a longtime writer. People just didn't know who I was really until I started doing podcasting and YouTubing. So that was uh, that was a fun change of pace for me. Yeah. So wait, what what kind of write, writing do you do? Like book like uh, I, I I've written a lot of it. Yeah, I've written 7 books. Um uh some on uh, you know, four on spirits. Uh one on my experience in Iraq. Um another one on uh on beef, 
like I actually wrote a like a history book on Angus beef and then uh, uh, okay so that's uh, whiskey women rum curious bourbon curious uh, bourbon rice fall and then a book on mead which is the world's oldest alcohol that's a fermented 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 honey so yeah, that's fantastic well can Congrats. I'm working on my first book right now. So I Yeah, I saw that. that. What, what's it about? So it's going to be a comedy, uh, like a funny self-help book. So mm-hmm. of all the struggles and obstacles that I seem to place in front of myself um, in the past and how I was able to finally lift those and kind of step into, you know, opportunities all around me versus, you know, having these thoughts that totally held me back. And I figure I'm like, if this can save people from making the mistakes I did, then, yeah. hey, I'm making the world a better place. And, you know, hopefully it'll, um, you know, uh, expand my brand. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like the um, the the world of like doing anything for yourself, you're your own worst critic and you're your own worst enemy. You know, and, and like, I get, I, you know, we both get on stage and like, I I see other people who have all the talent in the world, you know, they they can't, they they don't do it or they can't do it. They're afraid to do it. And there's just so, there's so many elements of being human that it's, it's frightening to, to take a risk sometimes. And it's easier just to do the same old, same old. But I mean, if you have, if you have the secret to how to get out of your own way, that is going to be a huge bestseller. Yes, yes. And I, I mean, I have the tips that kind of worked for me and really just kind of your mindset and putting, you know, your your mortality at the forefront of your mind. And that's not to be a negative thing. It's to mm-hmm. be a driving positive factor because all the stuff that we seem to worry about, especially opinions of others, which is preventing the people you were talking about from getting on stage. Mm-hmm. What will people think of me? What if I don't do well? Well, if nobody was there, you would get on the stage. It's the opinions of others. It's really driving that fear. But if you knew you were going to die next week, would that fear be the same that it is right now? The problem is most of our problems, we're living in a mindset that we're going to live forever. I was just thinking about that today, actually. I was walking my kids home. Yeah, as I was walking home, I was like, you know, because... We have some loved ones in the hospital right now, and that time is coming. I'm and, sorry. And, and 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 you know, so just it's 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 top top frame of mind right now. But um, that is true. Like we don't, uh, we often want to ignore or even think about mortality, and that's been, and also the the people who don't. Like I was, I was a 21 year old soldier at one point, and I felt like I could run through a wall. You know, so there's yeah. the opposite effect there. Like if if you don't recognize it, you know what? Maybe running through that wall or jumping off that cliff, doing a flip uh, is not going to end up in the best result. Uh, you know, maybe. Right. It's, you know. Yeah, so. no, it's true. And like time is precious and you just got to do, you know, what you have to do. And, and none of us know when we're going to go. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So it's like. Forget all the, the stuff. Because I feel like everything that holds us back is really driven by, obviously, fear. Mm-hmm. But fear is driven by the opinions of others. That's true. And and one of those opinions is is drinking at 8 o'clock in the morning. A, a lot of people would yeah. find that to be a, you know an untasteful thing to do. But if we do it responsibly right, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be all right. You know? So that's what we're going to do here today. 
Perfect. Am, am I allowed to spit in this uh, tasting if I need to? Absolutely. In fact, I recommend we both spit because we got a long day. Does that sound good? Yes. So <laughs> that, we'll is, taste, that is very true. We'll taste a little bit and we'll spit. And actually, professionally, we do spit uh, because like you don't want to, uh, if you if we're taste like when I'm in a spirits competition, we have to mm -hmm. taste thousands of products. Um, and, and if we drink them all, we'll pass out speaking of mortality uh you'll you'll yeah. uh you'll pass out drunk and you know often way too much so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, first time anyone's asked that though so thank you hey no problem i didn't want to just be spitting on your podcast then everyone would realize why i'm single as long, as long as you don't as long as you don't spit on the uh, on the camera right you'll be all right yeah no i don't want to do that i don't have to, you know i don't i don't want to ruin the computer i have right now it's my lifeline so we are tasting rum today, um, and I did write a rum rum book called Rum Curious, the uh, guide to the world spirit. And we are tasting rum from uh, Saint Lucia. This is Chairman's uh, Reserve, nineteen thirty one. Okay. Uh, rum uh, or Barbancourt um, from Haiti. This is a fifteen year old uh, rum, and then we have a, a three year old from. Um, from Colorado, Montana. Oh, so nice. We we uh, we are we have uh, whiskey from around the globe. Your package will uh, be labeled A, B, and C. Uh -huh. And uh, I actually usually I don't know. Uh, I don't know what we're tasting, but I do on this on this particular time because I I did the. Uh, did the pouring i i i am right now without an assistant so i'm having to do my own pouring and so that's harder to do the blind uh yeah. on these so what we're going to do is we are actually going to start with uh glass a and i'll tell you a little bit about rum uh rum is a very important spirit for the world um it was a part of the sugarcane trade um, and it, where it was a part of power, you know, in the 1700s. Okay. And, and so it was, it was the mo it was widely consumed, widely preferred, and it was made in the islands, uh, very, you know, very consistently. It was also made throughout, uh, the United States, mostly in the Northeastern region, New England became very famous for it. But rum is essentially distilled molasses, and in some cases, it's distilled uh, sugarcane juice. Uh, okay. But it is um, what what happens after distillation. It it varies, you know, per where it's made. Uh, there are some areas where the it, it's really big and heavy, uh, like the Saint Lucian one will will have. It, it'll be big and heavy, and it'll be a blend of uh, pot and column. Um, and it's distilled molasses and it's particularly blended. There's other places like, uh, Puerto Rico will be a little thinner and it's meant more for like, you know, mixing, not that the heavier ones, heavier styles are not made for mixing. It's just, they, they are, they're distilled to higher proofs and there's more stripped out of them. And so they tend to get caught up in, in the mixing side. Now there's a lot of controversial stuff with rum. Um, it's connected to slavery it is to today um, the U.S. government pays for the distillery in, in St. Croix for Captain Morgan, and they have like cover over taxes 
And there's all kinds of political stuff that goes with with rum that makes it wow. very difficult for a small company to compete in the rum space. So everyone's always like, rum's gonna always rum's the next spirit to take off. It's never gonna take off because of all the things that weigh it down. Uh, you know, from a, a you know a, a structure standpoint, and it's sad because it's such a beautiful okay. spirit. So that is so interesting. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, it, it doesn't get taught. Uh, it doesn't make the newspapers. It's just kind of like, you know, if, if people were to find out that Bacardi um, is, you know, is gets subsidies and then it gets uh, uh, pays uh, very you know similar taxes to the 1950s, I think they would be shocked. But, yeah. you know, and, and, and if that Captain Morgan receives uh, money directly from the U.S. government to uh, uh, to basically pay for its facilities. And they found out the majority, like a hundred percent of, you know, they make it almost cost free, and that means they have all this money for marketing, making it more difficult for other brands to get on the shelf because they're they're at a disadvantage. It's almost like playing a baseball game, and Captain yeah. Morgan and Bacardi are on second and third base when you get up to the get up to bat. You know, so that's the. Um, that's the equivalent. It's it's tough. So how did they how did they get these government subsidies? So it all it all goes back to when they were uh, folded in. So Bacardi, you know, they were uh, they came from Cuba. They were exiled from Cuba, and this was one of the ways that the U.S. government, you know, uh, lured them into Puerto Rico and and like created a partnership with them. Uh, because they were very important at that time, and they still are. They're still very important. And Bacardi is a really great company, uh, but like their distillery in Puerto Rico does not, you know, receive the same kind of like tax scrutiny as other distilleries. Um, and mm -hmm. in the in the Virgin Islands, Saint Croix, they had uh, that was actually that was actually operated. By the government, when, when when we purchased the Virgin Islands from Denmark, um, we operated as a government operated the distilleries, and there was actually a product out called Government Rum, and it did not do well. They always, um, you know, lost money on the distilleries, and they continuously had to come back to Congress asking for more money. And so the idea came of like, well, why don't we give to this a private company and then we'll just like uh, pay them to operate it. And so it became less of a burden uh, on the U.S. government to do it that way. However, and the whole thing is like that, you know, it creates jobs. It does all this stuff for the island. And yeah. so if they're territories, right, so they're not actual states. So there's an interest. There's an interest from the uh, government to, you know, have them operating efficiently and making money, but they don't get the same, they don't get the same benefit as, as being a state. Uh, but they also don't get the same like uh, tax burden as being a state. So, so yeah. there's, there's, that's a, that's a little bit, that's a little bit behind it. And, and it's politics that really go back to the 1940s and fifties and sixties. Wow. And every now and then it'll make the it'll make the news on a slow news day, you know, like when when Obama approved, I think it was four hundred million, something like that, to uh, to St. Croix. That made the news, but it was also a very slow news day. Typically, yeah. typically it doesn't make the news.
Interesting. That is so like, I, I don't think every time I go to drink, I, I don't drink a lot of rum, but when I do, it'll just have a different kind of feeling in a way, you know? Mm. Yeah. I was interested. Like when I offered you the menu of, um, of what to drink, uh, you chose, you, you, you gravitated toward rum pretty quickly. Yes, because whiskey, I probably should get used to whiskey, but it always made me feel a little nauseous. <laughs> well, you know, maybe you taste it the right way. You can and you can apply the uh, the techniques here uh, today yeah. to, to whiskey. Uh, maybe next time it's not so bad. So let's go ahead and start with glass A. So okay, so I've got A. So here. bring so bring A to your nose. Okay. And smell with your mouth open just a little bit and go side by side. And when you smell with your mouth open, you're actually relaxing your olfactory and you're able to pick up more uh, than just the alcohol fumes. And you go side by side, you'll notice that each nostril is picking up different stuff. Uh. It's like in my right nostril, definitely it'll get a little bit more of the spiciness. And the left one is, uh, you know, more of the sweeter stuff. Now, that big kind of punchy, um, deep smell you get there, yeah. that that's molasses. So you're you're smelling your molasses in the oils, and it's uh, to me it's really beautiful. I, I I love this. This is like my one of my favorite smells in all spirits. Um, and then when you taste, you want to mm -hmm. put just a little bit on your tongue, and okay. think about what part of the tongue. Is it is it resonating? Is it the tip, middle, back, uh, back, middle, or the sides? And then we go back in and we think about that area and what and what flavor. So the the goal here is is to connect your connect your brain to your palate. So let us taste. Okay. Cheers. So I just put a little bit on my tongue. Mm -hmm. All right, general thought. What's uh? I'm only spitting because it's eight in the morning. <laughs> All right, let's take. What part of the tongue is it hitting? I feel like the sides. Okay. I don't know if it's because I held it there for a while. So sides are where we get our bitter notes. You know, like um. You know, there's a lot of bitter vegetables and fruits that are out there, but like that's often people get uh, bitter notes on the sides of their tongue. Yeah. So let's, okay. So let's let's taste it again and let's think about what what is the what what is that flavor? So think about the bitter the bitter things you've had in your life, um, and you know I would also say you know don't let your don't be afraid to let yourself go toward the sweet bitterness. You know, like there's, there are dark chocolates that can be really, really bitter. So, yeah. so, so taste again and see, uh, what is resonating there. Okay. It's like a little bit of sweetness. Mm -hmm. Is that the molasses? Yeah, it m most definitely could be. It's like a licorice type black yeah. licorice a little bit. Get a little black licorice action. Yeah, that could fall yeah. on the bitterness trail. Yeah. Yeah. 
overall, uh, you know, is this something that you would find yourself gravitating toward, sipping a little bit? I don't know. I feel like I have to taste the other ones to decide. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm totally so. Which one is this? Uh, this one is the uh, Saint Lucia. Okay. So this is the Saint Lucia Chairman's Reserve, uh, 1931. So this is a very expensive bottle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the price on it right away. Let me let me go to our friend Google. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you like Google? You know, I had a guest on on my podcast recently. The episode's coming out soon. Um, he started a decentralized search engine called presearch.org. I think it's going to be mm -hmm. presearch.com soon, mm -hmm. but you actually get paid in their native token, their crypto token, every time you search. And it doesn't sell your data, it keeps all your privacy. So I've been defaulting to presearch.org because why not make money on what you're doing anyways? So, mm. so yes, check, check that out for sure. Okay. Yeah, you're into crypto, right? I love, yes, I love crypto. Um, definitely so much, so much, it's such a new, it really is such a new space and so much to learn and mm -hmm. a lot of crypto people on, on my podcast. And it's been, um, it's just been eye opening just to learn about all this new technology and, and kind of new innovative ways that are going to change the world. Um, yeah, you know, the, I I have had a uh, you know I've I've studied the NFT space and you know I know about crypto. Yeah, I, pers I personally have not invested in it because my because my advisor, my financial advisor, has told me it's too risky. And I and I'm a as an investor, I would say I'm pretty conservative. I don't I don't uh, and I always have been. I don't yeah. uh, I don't take big risks. Um, but. Um, you know, one one of the one of the things that has fascinated me is is like how the youth is involved is so involved with crypto, and the older generations, you know, typically look at it as like evil Satan money, you know, or something. You know, it, it's 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 really fascinating to me culturally how crypto has played out. And uh, so, what uh, I will tell you is, um, the financial advisors are they either need to step up or they're going to get left behind. Um, it's such a volatile market that it's hard for them to kind of wrap their brains around it and analyze the risks for their clients, like what risks they're willing to take. So what I suggest always is I do, I have a financial advisor for, you know, my stocks, but primarily my retirement type accounts. And then <clears throat> you take the money that, you can kind of gamble or invest. Let's say, you know, you take $2,000. If you lose it, you're not going to starve to death. Um, but at least you, it's enough to kind of, you know, start making a difference and kind of getting into the game. So it's like going to Vegas in a way, right? I think there's more long-term, uh, obviously, you know, strategy and there's a really good, um, you know, roadmap and utility behind these. So it's better than Vegas. But if you're, if you're kind of risk averse, then it could be that way. So I would always take, and, and now is a really good time to start kind of dabbling into these markets because we're kind of really heading into a bear market and I'm not sure how long it's going to be here. It could be here for a while. Everything's on sale. So mm -hmm. you're really getting those prices that people thought, oh, I wish I'd heard about 
let's say Cardano. I wish I had heard about Cardano. I, I feel like I'm too late. Because of the whole bear market, they're back to very, very low prices, but the company's not going anywhere and the mm -hmm. blockchain is stronger and there's all these new things. So eventually that one's going to bounce back. But that is true. There's, there's probably 12,000 tokens, 90% of which will go to zero. But there are your really strong utility ones, which is your Cardano and your Algorand, your uh, Bitcoin and your Ethereum and, you know, several others um, that aren't going anywhere. Mm. I, I can always help you with that, but we can do that after when we're sober. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, it's always for me. I'm never, I'm, you know, I'm never going to do more, but uh... Yeah, well, yeah. thanks. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know, thought there, and you and you've seen like people like Bill Maher come out and talk about how crypto is really bad for the environment because it is, um, it, it requires so much energy, um, and electricity to to power and and you know. So I, I mean, I, I've been I've been following it, um, from as a news item for for a while. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely yeah, into like learning more. So the one that they're they're claiming is bad for the environment because it uses a lot of energy is the Bitcoin, which is their protocol is a proof of work, which requires these miners to be able to solve the, you know, the equation, so to say, on the on the blockchain. So in 100 years, that'll be done because all the remaining Bitcoins will be mined at that point. But all the new blockchains that are starting, either layer ones or layer twos, they are all proof of stake which is basically just kind of pay to play. You know, you put mm -hmm. your coins in a bucket and then you you get yield on them, mm -hmm. essentially. So even Ethereum was proof of work that had miners running is they're trying to move to Ethereum 2.0, which will be proof of stake. So they'll be getting away from that. So it's not, it's only the Bitcoin that's really kind of the environmental thing um, and a few others. But but I think that the, the proof of work is, is a more complicated um, protocol so there's there's new ones that are kind of pumping out so got it well yeah. i like i said i i am not an investor in it i'm a i but i watch it from the sidelines maybe you will be this yeah. week and then Ma you're gonna call me in six months and say <laughs> madison i just made all this money you're my <laughs> lifesaver what where can i send you as a thank you i'm just kidding <laughs> it, it'll be it'll, it'll be more rum as as we're going to as we're going to uh glass exactly. b as long as, as you know i'm I'm hoping that you come out of this as a big rum fan so um me too and i do believe your home state is uh colorado correct it is yeah so uh, i sent this with that in mind this is uh Okay. Made in uh, Colorado in the, let me tell you exactly the town. Because I don't know the this town it's made in. This is made in Butte, Butte, Colorado. Crested, Crested Butte, Colorado. Yes, Mountain Town. Yeah. And, and like the elevation of, yeah. of Colorado is fascinating to me because it can change how, you, how what you taste in, in your individual self, but it also can change how, um, you know, how something is made, you know, like, um, Ooh, like, yeah. like the things are just different there. The higher you go up, uh, the more it's different. So remember your training, remember your training, Madison. Yep. And let's, let's smell and, uh, let's taste this. 
This is the B one, right? This is B. So this one smells more like it's more fragrant. It definitely does have some floral to it. Yeah. Mm. I think this is the first podcast I've ever spit on. <laughs> well, it's um it's oaky. It's oaky. I don't, I'm not I like I'm right now I'm leaning more towards A than B. Okay. Um I'm not a big woodsy oaky. Like when I order wines, I always say a little more buttery. Mhm. Okay. So what what kind of foods do you like? Um, I like Asian foods and Mexican food. Spicy, healthy. Yeah, spicy stuff. Do you like ceviches? Yes, love it. I love ceviche. It's like my yeah, probably my favorite thing to eat right yeah. now. Anyway, it's like healthy too, you know. Yeah. So when you when you get into oak, um, oak can be. I'm very sensitive to oak as well. And it can be like, um, it can be debilitating for me uh, when I taste something. Like I want it to, oak can be a part of a taste profile, but it can't be the most dominant thing. And as a taster, you know, everybody, everybody has their own criteria. Everybody has the things they like. And um, I think it's a, it's a preference, preference play. It, so, exactly. So if, yeah. if somebody did like that more of an oaky flavor that this, they would probably really like this. Yeah. Now, are you still doing? Are you still doing a, a lot of stand-up comedy? Not as much. I'm, I've moved more towards the producing side and creating mm -hmm. uh, primarily reality television shows. So we've got some uh, that can't be announced yet, but in development. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm more on that angle. I might do some more comedy, but um, I just felt more doors were opening for me, and uh, the money will be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I mean, that's a tough. Lifestyle. That's a tough, uh, tough road. Uh, Stand-up yeah. comedian, you know, like yeah. Uh, and I, I loved it, and you know, I'm, I'm heading back to. I've been in Denver for a while. I'm gonna head back to New York for like six weeks, and mm -hmm. um, you know, that's kind of where my home base is for comedy. And so, you know, I'll get on stage when I'm when I have time and I'm not in meetings. Um, and I think it's going to be more fun for me because I don't care. Mm -hmm. It's not my, it's not my career. Like I'll, I'll get back on the stage as a public speaker um, with some jokes, but it's not my full driving force, which means of course, what's going to happen. It's going to take off. Cause I don't right. care. It's like all the, the pressure of I've got to nail this. And what if this person see gone, gone. Because uh, you know everything else is working out so so beautifully, so it's like, you know, I like to go to bed at ten. I know that sounds awful, but I do, and I like to get up at five. I'm yeah. like an old lady. It's kind of yeah. hard for a comedian, but I do miss the road sometimes. I really like the road. Yeah, and also you, you know, the pandemic probably pushed you, you know, to make some decisions uh, for the healthier side as well. I'd imagine on mm -hmm. that, you know. 
Oh yeah. And, and it's been great. It's just, you know, it's just as a comedian, you keep working on your stuff and you struggle and you struggle and you struggle and it's fun. You got to really love it. Cause there's so many, so difficult. Um, but it's like you're on stage every night, just looking for outside validation and, uh, you don't know if you're going to get it. I mean, you could be the funniest person, but you don't look the right way. You could be the funniest person, but you're too old. You could, there's so many different factors. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about this in my book as well. Um, you know, really about validating yourself and why that's so important. And then when I kind of stepped into more of the, uh, creating shows and, you know, executive producing, it's just because I have a financial background and I worked on wall street and I love business. It was just a natural organic fit and I was good at it. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get into rooms where I was no longer just talking to casting directors. I was actually now dealing with CEOs wow. and I felt more comfortable. I felt like we're, Hey, we're on the same page, you know, we're, we're doing things and, and, uh, I'm coming to you, not asking for you to say, please discover me and give me an opportunity. It was more, Hey, I got this idea. I think you can make a shitload of money. Let's do it. You in? Yeah. And <laughs> that's what people want. I always tell, tell my friends this. They said, never come at somebody with and, and be just a taker. Say, this is what I need from you. This is what I need from you. Go in and show them what you can do for them. Right. It'll always open that door. So if you come to them with a great project and you're choosing them and they can see the dollar signs, it's a different story versus just saying, you know, I really just want my big break. It's probably not going to work. Yeah. Now, I want to go back to the moment, like uh, on stage for a minute with you. Um, Uh Being a comedian, we're all, when I think of comedians on the road, my first place goes to the heckler. Like, do you have any good heckler stories that, um, you know, from someone in the audience? You know, people were actually very nice to me, um, which was which was great. I didn't have to deal with a lot. I did have one guy one time yell out from the crowd, "Um, you're too pretty to be a comedian. And so I just came back with, I said, oh, okay, well, why don't you come up here and I'll sit on your face while I finish my set so you don't have to see me, you know? <laughs> what would you have done if he came up on the stage? I would have sat on his face with my pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comeback, actually. That's a really good comeback. But yeah, but yeah I was actually really lu- pretty lucky. I mean, I don't do a lot of controversial uh stuff it was more self-deprecating stuff i could see right. if you're really dancing into more of those like heated areas like politics which is why i avoided it like the plague right. you could get some drunk angry people but um yeah comedy is a is is an amazing art form and which is why in in my book when it comes out you'll see a lot of my stand-ups start to come in awesome into play um so yeah it's like oh i knew i was writing these jokes for a reason for a bigger reason so there's all this there's uh there's there's a lot of uh comedians who will say uh it's hard to be a comedian today, you know Jerry Seinfeld's came out with that talking about mm-hmm. like, you know, getting canceled. Um and I don't I don't know where I stand with that because I feel like a lot of a lot of the a lot of the jokes that people would do would do were were not funny. They were just mean and and like, you know, like like Don Rickles. Don Rickles Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's the extreme. Um, and his jokes were 
racist. They were they were they were all over the place. But yeah. I I don't know. He 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 was able to exist. You know, even in a time where political correctness was alive and well, you know, he got a little bit of business, but not not as much as I would ex- would have expected him to to get. But like, where where do you stand with comedians like in cancel culture and everything? Is it is it overbalanced? Are we looking at something that, uh, you know, it is the end of comedy or is it just being overblown? No, I, I don't. It's absolutely not the end of comedy. Um, I think that, you know, people have had to learn to kind of re-navigate the space, um, rework some jokes. But at the same time, you have people like Chappelle, but he's in a financial position to do that where he's like, no, this is what I'm talking about if you don't like it. Don't watch it and don't book me. I'm good. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people that are up and coming that are not in that position and can get canceled. But what I think is honestly happening is it's like a pendulum, right? The light, Mm -hmm. your life, the whole world is like this. You go from one end and then it's starting. So what's happening is it's swinging all the way. And I think we're almost at that point where it's just going to snap back to the middle. Mm -hmm. And we're going to kind of go back to those ways of saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We lost that along the way. Words are not supposed to hurt you. Like stop with it, especially if you're in a comedy club. And if you're a sensitive human being, don't go to a comedy show. Just don't. It's it's just stupid. It's like if you are prone to, um, you know, uh, diabetes, don't go to a sugar factory. Just don't do it. Now, yeah. switching gears a little bit, what did you think about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock? Well, it was completely unprofessional. I mean, that's like what a college kid would do when he's had too much rum. Um, <laughs> like, what was he thinking? And Chris Rock is such, I mean, first of all, Chris Rock is a comedian. Will Smith is not. He's a comedian. He's going to do the jokes. Yeah, granted, it wasn't a comedy club. Maybe it wasn't the right contacts. He didn't understand what jada was going through um but a mature person who's happy with himself would have maybe shooken his head at it and maybe rolled his eye but you don't charge the stage in front of the whole world and physically assault somebody he could have then pulled chris aside after the show when the cameras aren't on and said hey you know you really crossed the line it hurt my feelings and this is why the biggest stage um you can get as an actor (laughs) he walks right up there and slaps him then later wins an oscar so i mean i think he's actually banned now yeah yeah he's got it he's got a 10 year he's got a 10 year suspension yeah and then i mean he'll be in his 60s he'll be back i mean i'm not saying i don't like will what i'm saying is he obviously needs a little bit of counseling just because react that way it's always good to be responsive, not reactive. And obviously he was extremely reactive in that, in that moment. There's, um, you know, there's a, there's definitely a lot of stuff going there in his life. His wife was openly, you know, with yeah. other men, his, uh, his son. Oh, that's wanted, true. I forgot about be... they're like, they're banging at all their neighbors or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then a son wants separation. You know, I just, I mean, I, I feel for the guy. I mean, I hope he gets himself in a better place. That's for sure. Yeah, and obviously and, that Chris was just the I feel like the icing on the cake compared yeah, to Yeah, he he, he may have been more he may have been more than that. There could be more backstory, you know. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But um 
um i i i just i i at first i thought it was like uh it was put on but the more you know you read about it and look into it you're like no that was that was a spur of the moment human reaction that was real that was real so uh-huh so let's go to Glass C after this uh, thorough, intense conversation here. Let's go to Glass C, the uh, Haitian rum, 15 years old. Perfect. Okay. Rum uh, Barbancourt, or Barbancourt, however you want to pronounce it. So this is, uh, you know, remember I told you like some rum is made from uh, molasses, which is a byproduct of, yeah. uh, of making sugar. Uh, this is made from uh, sugarcane juice, which is the pressed, which is the pressed sugarcane. And this is year in year out one of my favorite rums. It's oh, is it? It's I love this rum. Okay, so I, I buy I buy as much of this as I can. Remember your training. I know. I just had to do water. You kind of just should I just be holding it on my tongue a little bit? Yeah, it, it doesn't need a lot of time on there. Mmm, yummy. I just caught a glimpse of my face, and I was like, <laughs> "No, it's going, not bad." Where you going? Mah. It's not bad. I would say A is my favorite, though. A is your favorite. Yeah. So your your champion. This I really feel the licorice on my middle of my tongue. Your champion. Like, that was like a Bernie. Is uh, Saint Saint Lucian Reserve. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Big. Saint Lucian. And you you pick you picked um what most rum geeks would pick in this tasting. Really. Yeah. So why is the the last one your favorite? Oh, I didn't say it was my favorite. I said it's one of my favorites. Um, one of your favorites, okay. Yeah, one of my favorites. No, I, I, I you know, the it has uh, some complexity to it. Um, you know, it's not as big. So the the Saint Lucian rum, which was Glass A, is big, bold, right up in there, all over the palate. It lasts on the palate. It's oily. It's got molasses in there. It's got that black licorice note you really like, um, and it's just all right there. With the Haitian rum, the Barbancourt, you have to, you have to uh, look a little harder, you know. But it's 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 when you find it, uh, you know, you'll find it's got some complexities there that are just outstanding. And that's kind of, you know, to me, that's the um, that's the beauty of of sipping is that you find things in um, you find things in products when you look for them and when you're thinking about them. It's almost like reading a book. You know, I've read I've read a lot of books in my life, but when I read it read a book again, it can have a different meaning to to me. You know, it yeah. can have a different feel. So Oh, totally. Yeah, so maybe I'll have a different feel. You know what the other thing too is I did have um because it's so early, I had coffee. Yeah, well I had coffee. A yeah. Bitter, uh, so coffee. that could be a, a the flavors too coffee is like breathing somebody asked me once like if you could give up um if you could give up um whiskey or coffee which would you give up i was like uh, like if you had to give up one i was like well there ain't i, I can live without whiskey i mean i love whiskey that's where i would make my living but you take yeah. coffee away from me i got my gloves on i'm ready to fight 
you know, don't yeah, take exactly. my coffee. <laughs> How many cups are you drinking a day? Well, I'm trying to cut back, but I start the day out with two, and then I'll have one in the afternoon. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, are well, you doing you, it black or with all the cream? And sugar? I just, you know, I I get a uh, I get a pot going, and I just stick my mouth right underneath it, and it's like oh, it's, it, it all comes right in there. And then sometimes, yeah. it, sometimes I'll mainline it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I finally got to black coffee. I started with like coffee with cream and Splenda, oh. and then I went to coffee with cream, and then I went to coffee with almond milk, and then finally somebody was like, "Just drink black coffee. Like you yeah. will get used to it, but you're cutting out all that extra, all the extra calories that you don't realize are are you know." they add up quickly or the artificial sweeteners. So now I'm on black coffee. So I feel like I'm drinking coffee, but I'm drinking it the healthiest way. Yeah, that's right. No, black coffee is how I've always had it. Um, the only time I would put cream or sugar in it was when it was army coffee and that stuff would be like five, five years old and like some kind of tank. And I'm pretty sure they, um, you know, that we had, we had coffee that was, you know, liquefied from 30 years ago. It was just so disgusting, but it got the job done. Like it would like brighten your eyes and you'd wake up. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. I oh, appreciate that. Yeah, but it, like amazing. the, uh, you want to talk about some comedy, good old fashioned <laughs> army dry humor. There's no better comedy in the military than a porta potty. You walk in and there, you know, everyone's got their little jokes written on the wall and, uh, uh yeah, the graffiti in a porta potty in a on a U.S. military base or a fob or something. Yeah, that's, oh my, I can only imagine. That's some funny stuff. Some good. Yeah, routine. where did you uh where did you uh, fight or train? Uh, you know, most notably Iraq, and uh, yeah. that was two thousand four, two thousand five, and uh, yeah, so that's been uh, wow. got my boots right behind me or right behind me over here. Oh no. wow. Mm -hmm. And so how was your adjustment back to the, like the states Oh, it the it, it sucked. Uh yeah, I mean that was uh that was kind of like how I got to where I am. Um was I I I basically you know, I I met a woman uh, who's now my wife and mother of my two kids. Oh, nice. And um you know, she was the she was the difference between me and like being homeless. Wow. But I, I got myself in therapy and I learned I learned uh, aromatherapy and taste mindfulness uh, after I got out of like the like the danger zone of therapy, if you will. Uh -huh. And and I uh, was when I learning how to live, you know, I, I learned how to taste and smell in, in, in a way that is like uh, enhances your life versus just, you know, you know, going through the motions, if you will. And that was that was kind of how I became that was one of my steps to becoming a taster. So. Yeah. yeah. Amazing how everything kind of happens in our lives and guides us on the right, <clears throat> you know, path. Um, you know, I, I'm, I don't know what you are, but I'm like very religious and I always rely on like God and him leading. And, you mm -hmm. know, I, I feel that every time something like doesn't work out or something, you know, un unfortunate happens or I'm bummed, it's, it's really him guiding you to, you know, a better place. And, you know, you sacrificed your own life for the freedom of our country. And then you were guided in the right, you know, put with the right direction, your wife and being able to have that training that's now made you a super successful, you know, spirits, spirits 
person with a great podcast and books and like what a gift, you know, like you were shown your gift. Everything, as they say, everything happens for a reason, right? I, so. I totally agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's where you got to just stay in faith and, you know, just realize like, okay, this didn't work. I'm bummed or this is, I'm struggling with this, but um, there's got to be a reason for it. I'm going to get through it. Yeah. Well, cheers to you, Madison. Thanks for coming on and for Thank educating so me on for me. This educating was me on crypto. What what's the what's the piece of crypto I need to go buy? You said, what'd you say it was? Um, I would suggest Algorand, which is A L G O, the ticker, right. um, or uh, Cardano is another good layer one blockchain, which is A D A. Okay. And then um, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum are you know they're they're just good good big kind of blue chips in a way um but you can get a lot more of algorand and a lot more of cardano and there's some other smaller coins but i would start with that but set yourself up with a, a binance.us account i like them their fees are low they're easy to use okay and uh you know you just do your kyc which is verifying who you are upload your address proof of address license um then you can transfer money in and 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 buy it it's it's really kind of simple and once i think you're doing it on your own and you know you could set limit orders like i think you'll start being like this is kind of cool this is fun yeah. you know all right those are, those are two ones that i think are good and they're cheap right now that's what like, i like i like me some cheap they're, if they're like 40 something cents i didn't check the market this morning but okay um but you know they've been they've been both of them have been over two dollars so and the thing is that they're very undervalued because the the blockchains are very good and algorand just partnered with like the world soccer organization to be the first sports uh sports organization to run on a blockchain got billions of dollars behind them okay um, so those are those are good ones i don't think you'll be sad but what i'm saying is stick that money in buy those coins and just forget it for a while Okay. If I see something really ramping up, I'll say get your principal out, because then it's like at least you you're running on free money at that point. All right, all right. I'm gonna take a look. So uh, everybody, go check out Madison Malloy, and you got a new book coming. You got a book coming out. Uh, the podcast is uh, is uh, next to Madison, uh, so check it out. And uh, I'd say where are you gonna be next? But you're you're pulling back on comedy on uh, on doing stand up. So. Uh, I know. Just, I'll probably be doing some spots around uh, New York City in uh, in in July, but okay. uh, there will be a tour coming up. It's just going to be more of a funny public speaking tour. So, all right, look well, out for those dates. How can how can people find you? So, um, <clears throat> pardon me. On Instagram, I'm at next to Madison. Uh, the podcast is next to Madison, available on all podcast platforms. On Twitter, I'm at Madison Malloy. Uh, yeah, and those are kind of the, the main places. So definitely come and check it out. The podcast is great. It's a podcast to make you happier, healthier, and wealthier. So the two cryptos that I mentioned to Fred, um, uh, two of the head guys from both Cardano, the founder of Cardano, and then the COO of Algorand were both on very fascinating conversations. So definitely Ooh, check those out. Okay. Give you more of an insight of what I'm talking about when I say buy it. Love it. Well, thanks for coming on. I'm excited about Thank your you journey, and uh, I can't yeah. wait to read the book. Yes, and I can't wait to have you on my podcast. So let's get that done. Let's do it after All I right. after I get some Bitcoin in, and, I'll, and we can we can break it down from there. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Uh, I, I just said Bitcoin. Now. I meant crypto. Yeah, I just crypto. loosely yeah. say 
Bitcoin. So. Which is but which is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is crypto. It's just right. there's so many. There's so many it's kind of like bourbon is a whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. That's a, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. It's a, exactly. <laughs> that's true. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Have a wonderful rest of the day. I know it's early in the morning, so uh, you've got you got some rum in your belly now. Hope it's yes. uh, hope it's a good day. It's going to be a great day. All right. right thank on. you so much. Cheers, my friend. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye bye. Wasn't that a great interview? She was a lot of fun, and we we jumped into we jumped into some rum that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed, um, you know, sipping this. Actually, sipping rum at eight o'clock in the morning is a lot different than sipping bourbon. Bur- bourbon is like, you know, it's got a lot of sweeter notes in it, and and I'm often a little bit more prepared to sip it. R- rum is is bigger, vi- more vibrant. If you're getting like traditional rums, if you're getting rums that you're saying is sweet and you know they're sugared up, completely different story. But if you're talking about the big uh, bright, jammy, bold molasses Ford rums like the uh, the Saint the Saint Lucian Chairman's Reserve. Completely different story. But uh, make sure you're following Madison. She's awesome. Go give her a follow. However, you do your social media, and it'd be a big help for me if you could uh, give me a review on this podcast. Do you enjoy the podcast? Is there something you'd like to see more of? Write me on fredminnick.com. Always give me your thoughts. I love your feedback. But that's going to do it for this week, folks. Be safe out there. And remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's, and by Heaven Hill Brands. For more information about Fred's books, articles, podcasts, and more, just go to fredminnick.com. All this month, stream the funniest films for free on Pluto TV. Watch comedy classics like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and Mean Girls. Or drop in for a Tyler Perry marathon with a Medea family funeral and Medea's witness protection. Pluto TV also has hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows like Get Shorty, Be Cool, Key and Peel, Comedy and Color, and more. And no contracts, no subscriptions, no fees, no joke. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start laughing today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free.